0: Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club
1: and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental fam, I am hosting a group breathwork session tonight at 4 p.m. PST, 7 p.m. EST. It is going to be an epic, epic release. We're doing it on the full moon. So it, hopefully if you hear this message in time or this podcast episode in time, it is on Monday, September 20th. Come join us. You can either DM me, let me know you want to do it, or you can email me at community@prettymental.com at and I will send you all of the info. Let's dive into today's episode.
0: Hello, everybody. Today we are taking you. I I'm taking you through a deep dive into my most recent psilocybin mushroom. For those of you don't who don't know what psilocybin is, journey. And you know, as our intention is on this podcast is to be very authentic and honest with you guys about everything that's going on into our healing journeys and where our wisdom is coming from, where our insights are coming from. So it's important for us to share these experiences with you guys and the messages that we're getting from there. You know, a lot of this this healing is a group effort from all the different practices that we do. And the people that we encounter and the plant medicines that we encounter, it just does not all come just from our little noggins it's it's a full full rounded thing. So, you know, join us on this journey. Hopefully, you guys get something out of hearing about this experience. We I also talk about how it really integrates into this masculine feminine energy conversation and the parallels between that and the western medical diagnostic model. So, I think this is a this is a good one. I think you guys are definitely going to enjoy it. This
1: is a really good one. I'm excited for everyone to jump in. It was a beautiful journey that you shared with us. And before we dive into our deep breath, I want to just make sure everyone is breathing correctly. So just right now where you're at, Polly, you too, just take a really, really, really deep breath. And just notice if when you breathe, are you moving vertically? Are you moving up? Yes. Okay. So that's the wrong way to breathe. And I used to breathe like that too. I know. I think a lot of us breathe like that, but so instead of breathing up into your chest, like instead of when you take a deep breath, they call it vertical breathing. We're not going to vertical breathe, breathe into the, your belly, the lower half of your torso. So if you were to do a 360 degree, like breathe into that, like the lower back, your belly, the sides, and you you shouldn't be moving up. It's a, an expansion in the lower half of your body. And that is how you correctly <laughs> breathe. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable at first, and this dives into an entirely different conversation, but I noticed as a woman, I can speak from women, how uncomfortable it is to pull my belly out because we're trained to keep it tight, keep it
0: flexed, you know, let it loose, let it soft,
1: let it loose, let it soft. And that's the accurate way to breathe. When we do the upper chest breathing, we tend to shallow breathe. And the message that that sends to our physiology turns into anxiety. So that shallow up, you can't get a full breath when you breathe into your chest, and when you can't get a full breath, that shallow breathing, you're not getting as much oxygen as you need.
0: Yeah, I think I'm already feeling it. Yeah, I'm over here and just getting high off of breath as we
1: <laughs> truly, truly. I mean, start start noticing. That's the number one thing that I do with my clients is, especially if they deal with anxiety, is like, how okay, how are you breathing just on the on the daily? That sends a lot of messages to your body that then translate into how you're actually feeling throughout the day
0: and the stories.
1: And with that being said, let that belly out, (laughs) take in a deep breath with us. And if that's uncomfortable for a while, just keep breathing that way and it will slowly become your new norm. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author-to-be, Awaken Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share, and Awaken Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves, and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. Calling in our higher selves, calling in our spirit guides, our ancestors, our angels, and all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime. Calling in all of the energies that walk with our community in this lifetime. We open up ourselves fully to any messages that want to come through. We come forth with our full authenticity. We come forth with an open heart. We come forth with the teachings of Mother Earth. the portal is open. Hello. Hi,
0: sister.
1: Hi, sister. Sister, sister. Yeah. Did you ever watch that show? Yeah. Yeah. L- Tia and Tamara. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was my shit. I also just found out that they were about to make a reboot of The Proud Family with Lizzo as one of the people and Lil Nas as the voice. No way. I'm like, do not play with me. Whatever subscription that is going to be on, I will buy it in two seconds.
0: I do remember you used to be super into The Proud Family, actually. Oh, my God. That's so Are funny. you kidding? Wizard Kelly, y'all.
1: Did you ever watch it? <laughs> and then Sugar are- Mama? Sugar Mama. She would like be asleep, but then the second you would turn off her TV, she would wake up. Uh, you're such
0: a funny little kid. That's so funny.
1: Oh my god, I cannot wait. I yeah, do I,
0: remember.
1: I ate up all those Disney shows and cartoons, and my mom did with me too. We, my yeah. mom and I, used to watch that so Raven every single day after school.
0: Yeah, you loved all those shows that had a goofy edge to them.
1: I still do. When I watch things, I'm like, I need. To, I started watching this show about like the like ancient traditions and Mother Earth, what like things that you would know that I would be into. In mm-hmm. a few minutes into it, I'm like, I really want to watch Grace and Frankie. It's uh-huh. like, do you know who Grace and Frankie are? Uh-uh. There are these women in probably like their 70s or oh, 80s. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Who yes, their yes. husbands ended up falling each other in love with each other, and there's just like a goofy show. Yeah. I just, I like mindless-y, like goofy, lighthearted things.
0: Dude, you need that, honestly. For the depths that we tend to live in, it's important to have goofy, pointless, just fun, playful things to to balance out.
1: Yeah. For sure. Necessary. Do you watch, are you watching any shows right now?
0: Am I watching any shows? Uh, no. The first thing that came to mind, which I'm like, well, yeah, I so there was uh, the, the serial killer stuff. Oh, my God. See, I'm like, <laughs> Paul's about to
1: come oh up God, with some I shit that is not going to match what we were just saying in two seconds ago. <laughs> That's wild.
0: But actually, it was because of some stuff that was happening
1: oh. in
0: Atlanta, honestly. And I was like, there was a part of me that started saying, that started getting curious. And I think it's, it's an anxiety thing. Like, there's a part of us that gets so, so, you know how anxiety is all about finding certainty yeah so I think that was just my reaction to the those news to that news by getting more details on how serial killers work but at some point I had to stop myself and I was like no 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 no, because I found myself like at the pool and these two guys talking to me they're like hello and I'm like hmm interesting what do you really want (laughs) that's how you say hello huh (laughs) how do I know who you really are and that's when I was like all right Paula like we can't watch this anymore this is where it ends but then actually and this gets into the whole story that we're gonna get into today I'm out in Colorado camping with Stephanie and I'm usually the most fearless person but for some reason those news that news of the killings in atlanta which i hate to say out loud but that's you know it's the reality of it the reality of it
1: it's been Um, going on for a minute since i was there uh, attacks on women especially
0: yeah okay i know it's crazy it's just unfortunate that's why the world needs healing so everybody that's tuning into this podcast, we love you so much. And we appre- I appreciate people that are on this journey so deeply because it, this is such a team effort.
1: It's such a team effort.
0: So many lost humans. Um, and not to say that I feel like I'm completely found and in, in, in a great place, but we're on this journey of healing. We're taking responsibility. Anyways, I'm in Colorado and we're, we went camping and you know suddenly the nighttime hits and i'm like (laughs) i'm like shit oh my god what are we doing and i'm like we're
1: delivering ourselves to the predators
0: (laughs) i'm like steph uh when we're driving up to our campsite she's like yeah sometimes there's mountain lions and Steph says things so calmly she's like sometimes there's mountain lions or bears and i'm like Mountain lions are bears. <laughs> Is this something you care to specify before we drove out here? And I'm like, Steph, what do you – do you have a bear spray? And she's like, yes. And I was so – I was so fixated on that bear spray. Show me how to use a bear spray. Where are we holding the bear spray? What do we do? And then we're in the tent getting ready to go to sleep. And I confessed my true worries. I'm like, Steph, I'm not as worried about animals as I am about <laughs> other humans. She's like, oh, Paula – that doesn't really happen in Colorado. The last time that happened in Colorado was Ted Bundy. And I was like, Ted Bundy. (laughs) I'm like, that's literally the documentaries I've been watching. You could not have said a worse thing to me. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, I'm just out here exposed. And then I like cuddled up next to her and I was just like, Oh man. Stuff is 5'1". <laughs> if anything, I'm in charge here. Like, this is what I've got working with. I've got a little bear spray and a five one stuff over here. But then, you know how it is for me. Sleep prevailed, and I passed out like a log. I didn't hear anything. The next day, it was like hard for me to wake up, and it was great. But it is wild for me to have... Fears like that, because that's that type of awareness is not typical for me.
1: And media can have, I mean, had such a huge impact on it. You know, that's why just these I've had conversations with people who they'll be talking about like really scary movies or violent movies. And they'll ask me or I will mention, yeah, I don't really watch anything that even has like fights in it. It's very hard for my nervous system to take that stuff. Uh, I'll take it with me. And they're like, come on, Valentina. Like, you you can't be like that sensitive. And I'm like, no. I I actually think it's pretty wild how so much of us are so desensitized to how unnatural. Like, it's not normal for us to be going around and be shooting each other and, you know, abusing each other and all of these. Some people were telling me some of this. the 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 scenes in game of Thrones. And I mean, what they were saying, I was like, how does this even exist? This blows my mind. Like we're literally programming our minds, even if you don't consciously think so by exposing ourselves to so much of that. I mean, the, on- the only word that's coming up, coming into my mind is darkness is you're really allowing that to be integrated into the reality and the presence. And I know that obviously, serial, you know, people's argument back to that is, but it does exist. It does exist. I know it exists, but we are, we are creating. We're like circulating it like wildfire, as well.
0: I agree. It does make a difference. I think when you start watching some of those darker shows or <clears throat> documentaries, you can. It, it's strange. It can start creating this addictive yearning. The more you watch it, the more that you want to see the details and the more that you want more information until you kind of get desensitized and you're used to watching it and you want more details and more of those rushes. People get really stuck on those criminal shows and
1: yeah, those murder podcasts. The
0: murder podcasts. And, you know, I have so many clients that struggle with anxiety that are like, yeah, I'm watching murder shows. And I'm like, why are you watching murder <laughs> shows? <laughs> like, we need – it. it's it's just an – we're so used to our nervous systems being hyper-stimulated yeah. that we experience that or we're watching a movie and we're, you know, shook up or simulated. And it's normal for us and it's part of the entertainment. But the truth is that – our little nervous systems feel that. Everything that you pour into yourself and how much time how much time we find for peace, how much time we find for slowness, it makes a difference. And the more activated that our nervous systems are, the more activated that our minds are going to be with whatever narratives they're coming up with. So
1: everything that we consume, we're literally consuming. It doesn't just have to be food.
0: I've had a few clients now go through ketamine treatments. And after they go through the whole therapy of it, they're it's they don't even wanna see those things. Once your really? consciousness, once your consciousness realizes the impact that every single piece of stimulation has on you, uh, you're just gonna be more intentional about what you put in. Of course, we live in this world, we don't wanna be afraid of being stimulated, but I, I think it's just about finding a balance. And making sure that, yeah, being mindful, because it is fear porn.
1: It is. And the thing is, we're going to be stimulated anyway. The world is going to throw things at you anyway. So, why, you know, why not maybe give your nervous system a little more love and not accumulate it through entertainment or accumulate through the things that you can control?
0: Yeah. But, anyways. That's, That's one what, thing that yeah. I won't
1: ever understand is how people love scary movies. Because for me, like you're talking, you're saying it's addicting and, you know, you want to find out more. And a lot of people do think like that because every time, you know, I've heard conversations, it's not just you. For me, I'm like, that blows my my mind. That bl- I can't even see a fight and m- not be affected. I remember I had a boyfriend who when I was in my teens and he... He got in a fight with this guy. And I was like, if you don't stop now, I will break up with you forever. (laughs) I was like, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm so serious. And he uh, it actually stopped the fight. And I'm like, yeah, one thing you should know about me. I mean, now, obviously, I'm like, still do not love that. And I do understand, like, if you have to protect yourself at a certain point. But that stuff, man, I mean, it just throws my nerves over the top. I can't. I don't like it.
0: That's why you're on this healer path. Yeah. The longer that we abstain from those things, the more sensitive we become to them. I remember I hadn't watched a scary. It's kind of like if you're on a cleanse or you're always eating healthy and you have one donut, you're going to feel it. But if you have a donut every day, your body is not going to know that you are putting those kinds of toxins and it's just the norm. And it's the Mm -hmm. same thing for our mind. And I guess we got to find a balance. Like the fear porn is all over the place, but just our minds are sacred land.
1: They are. I was listening to a podcast with Zach Bush and he was talking about how so much of what's going on in the world is and what's hurting our immune systems is fear. So he's like, even if you're eating like vegetables and you're eating all this healthy stuff, but you're eating it. And you're also constantly in a state of hyperarousal and fear, that does impact your immunity. It's the same thing of like why people want to eat, when they do eat meat, they want to eat free range eggs and all of that stuff because you don't want to eat a stressed out
0: animal meat from
1: a stressed out chicken. You're taking in those cortisol levels and that impacts your physiology. And our physiology is absolutely everything.
0: Yeah. I know you and Sebastian our brothers so conscious of that. You guys were herbal medicine people in your past lives. For sure. I remember when for sure. they they were both on my Amazon account for <laughs> quite some time and it was just constantly like this herb and that herb is being delivered and that vitamin is being I'm like these fools are creating like at home I actually
1: yeah we do yesterday I had the thought of I should just go into an herbalism school so I could just put the stamp of approval on it because I am constantly constantly if you go to my google searches it's all like all herbs and see what part of the body that they because I believe it's who knows Sebastian and I are are both very very sensitive humans so we've had to take care of our bodies I mean as soon as we came onto earth Yeah. So we're, and for some reason also, we're both very, we don't love Western medicine. Obviously we will do it when we have to, but we've always gone to the natural side of it. My mom always says, she's like, when you were little, you would chew on broccoli. Like that was your go-to. Yeah.
0: How, how even? I'm like, I feel like the black sheep middle child between the two
1: of you. (laughs) You're (laughs) such the black sheep. Paula is not like that at all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> paul's like that donut looks delicious let me eat that donut Dude, you're healthy, I, for, but you're... I for sure had waffle house <laughs> at, like 2 a.m last night
1: oh waffle house is good though i'll still do i know
0: that. yeah my body can my body can handle a little more than you guys for some reason
1: yeah what the fuck it's kind of annoying i'm not gonna lie like i love being healthy and i love all that and i would like my body to just like Give me some breathing room if I want to be unhealthy for a minute. I've actually been considering going raw vegan for a minute. And I've done all the things, you know, for some amount of time. And they all are great. You can find endless studies on why you should eat meat forever and why you should eat raw forever. It's like whatever.
0: Whatever you look for, that's what you find.
1: Whatever you look for, yeah. And I started feeling symptoms of a fucking kidney stone again
0: no yeah
1: and i'm like i from where that doesn't make any sense it literally does not make any sense dude i'm telling you this is if we have a psychic who's listening to this podcast like and you get any downloads (laughs) send them my way I'm like, what is going on? I'm so confused. Like, what do you, what do you want from me? Like, what do you need me to do? Where, what is this pushing me to? Do I need to go live in the jungle? Is that like what, I'm like, that's just what comes to my mind. I'm like, do I just need to, you know, is eating healthy not enough? Do I need to go live in the soil? In the, like, what is my life path? It gets frustrating. It does, as you can start hearing in my voice. I try not to buy too into the um,
0: energy of frustration.
1: Yeah, because that, that exacerbates it. And in fact, this morning in my meditation, and this is what I do when I feel this, I'm like, I am frustrated. I am feeling a little hopeless, guides. So like, you know, I give this to you. I can't hold on to this. I can't hold on to all of it. Um, it's too heavy for me. And I want to be present for the miracles that are here. And I really want to be present for the love and that the joy and the adventure that is here.
0: Do you know how much courage it takes to do that? I really, I see that as courage. And this also gets into the story for today because victim mentality has never been a part of your repertoire. You want to leave whenever that that kind of hopelessness or frustration gets in that we can really wallow in those emotions. And there is a certain pleasure to be found there in the frustration you and Sebastian, I think, are really good about wanting to shift over to responsibility as soon as possible. To so like, how do I, okay, this is what's happening. Let me accept it and let me work with it. And for you, it's like, let me ask for help in releasing this um, versus a lot of people, me included, you know, like, it's been a journey for me to come out of it those emotions can be very seductive. There's, there's almost like a self-righteousness or you just can get stuck in those energies and get used to them and give up your power to those energies. And for me, as we've been talking about this masculine-feminine energy balance, something that started becoming very clear for me and that I've seen, and other people other people mentioned this that talk about this philosophy of the masculine-feminine energy balance is that a big part of the wounded feminine energy is victim mentality. Just like a big part of the wounded masculine energy is detachment from emotions. So on the one end, it's going getting too lost in in those emotions of pain or whatever it is, which is what victim mentality ultimately is. And on the other hand, it's being totally devoid of it and just focus on control. So those are the two extremes. And the way I see this pan out at the clinical level is, you know, just because it's so interesting to me to take these philosophies and match them up with what we talk about clinically, just where the parallels are. And the... the wounded masculine side of things is really showing up in this psychological pandemic of narcissism that is all over the place. And you see that more in men, for sure. You just do. I mean, it's in women too, but because of the way it just lines up, you see that more in men. And then the, uh, and that's narcissistic personality disorder, right? It's considered a personality disorder. And on, The other side of it, there's something called borderline personality disorder, and you see that more in women. And borderline personality disorder is characterized by a continuous victim mentality, tendencies towards suicidality, and almost like finding that as a comfort. Like people that have been diagnosed or that fit into that spectrum are often chronically suicidal like so it's to different degrees it's to different degrees you know it's not like somebody just has narcissism and it's the same for everybody there's a spectrum there borderline personality disorder there's a spectrum there so that's the western psychological um, conversation on the wounded masculine and wounded feminine which is interesting because we can find these characterizations and symptoms in whatever language we want to talk about it in, you know, whether we want to talk about it in the more spiritual language and energetic language, or if we want to talk about it on the clinical language, but they can both truly inform each other. And so as we started talking about this, I realized that, you know, certain frustrations I've had with life, certain frustrations I've had with choices I've made or the way that certain things panned out, I would internalize it and just kind of wallow in it from a victimized place, which I'm getting more comfortable talking about now, but the whole victim mentality thing feels so taboo. And I, not enough people, I, I think most people aren't willing to talk about like, yeah, I see my, you know, I, I have victim mentality in me. That's not something that anybody, most people want to just tell. And most people are in denial of it. And I started seeing that that was part of, my wounded feminine energy and that if I'm going to heal and balance my energies that had to go. And I don't know how much, and I I truly believe that it didn't just come from me. It's a legacy. It's a legacy that the feminine has lived and experienced here on earth because we have been victims. There's there's still look at what's happening in Afghanistan.
1: Yeah. I mean, we cannot deny that.
0: No, like women only
1: just got like credit card rights and a lot of rights. Not even that long ago.
0: Yeah. So energetically (laughs) or psychically. So a lot of us are still catching up with recognizing like, no, you know, I can make life what I want it to be. I don't have to wallow in these energies. I can actually shift them just like a lot of men are just now catching up. Oh, I'm allowed to feel emotions. I'm allowed to be empathetic. And so I went out to Colorado again. And this is interesting because I don't know, Colorado is a very special land for me. And it just has lined up in such a way that before I started my grad program to be a, a therapist. I am, I just felt the intuitive, like I knew I had to go to Colorado and after I finished my degree and was starting out in my practice, I knew I had to go to Colorado again. And each time has marked a different shift in consciousness for me. And now this time I booked the trip months ago and it just so happened to fall a week after I got became fully licensed which is crazy. I'm like, this is so interesting. You know, it's like life is like, okay, you did it. You did your coursework time to go to Colorado and almost like integrate it and go to the next level.
1: So So like on a physical and on a spiritual level for you, it always marks.
0: It's in on a timeline level, as far as what's happening with my progression and growth as a healer and therapist, it's almost like I got to go there and grab some of that energy and some of that consciousness and bring it back. Um, cause for some reason life still wants me in Atlanta. I feel that I don't, I don't know if I'm going to stay here forever, but something I, I tried to make my escape. (laughs) It was like all the forces were like, no, you're staying here. Look, we're delivering a condo on a silver platter. Like it just, everything was so lined up that I'm like, it just, it just, it's almost like life is screaming at me. Like, no, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And I'm like, oh, you know? Bucked Mm -hmm. my head against the wall for a minute over that one. But again, it's part of kind of pulling up your bootstraps and saying, okay, where is my life at right now? And how can I best work with that? And it takes a certain level of conscious responsibility and – abstaining from that victim mentality or those energies of frustration, which are so seductive when life isn't ideal, you know, but it's a mental practice and a mental discipline to stay in the mindset of like, how can I best work with this? Right? Like onwards and upwards. So, okay. So I went to Colorado again and we did some mushrooms. We did some- the shroomies are back. The shroomies are back. This is a very intentional practice for me. It's a relationship. The relationship I have with that medicine is a relationship that I have deep respect for. It's purely a healing modality for me. And I say that because it takes us, there's so much power there. There's so much power there that it's, you know, and I was always introduced to it from a healing angle so I, I just hope that everybody harnesses the healing potential and is able to approach it with guides and therapists to help you integrate it to fully harness the the messages and the teachings that these plant teachers are trying to help us with so that we can truly evolve the consciousness on this planet rather than just, you know, you have the psychedelic experience and then it gets lost in the abyss. Right? We
1: have deep reverence for the mushrooms
0: deep reverence. So I, my intention this time was to step deeper into my power and just to have them show me whatever that meant. You know, you walk in with an intention and then you open up for whatever messages the plant has for you. And man, that medicine took me for all I had. Like we were in these sand dunes and I was just laid out flat. We didn't even take, we didn't even take that much. But it was a very, I I think, out there, things are just built different. Wow. And the energy of the mountains, it's just, it's kind of like a vortex. And what I was shown was that, I mean, first of all, the mountains come alive. Every aspect of the landscape comes alive. Every aspect of the natural world comes alive. And it's almost like the earth showing us that, hey, look, I'm here. I'm fully conscious. I'm fully alive like this isn't just an object that you're staring at there is so much life here and your body is a part of it you just happen to have this little ego that's trapped somewhere in your head or wherever it is that has a narrative around all this but you are a part of the natural world just as much as that mountain range is, and you know, I can wrap words around it, but when you have the lived experience of it, it's a different thing. I could feel the sacredness of my body and it just creates so much compassion for your body and everything that, like for me, everything that my body does, it's just like the softness comes in. I think that What I've noticed is that every time that our default mode network, which is the habitual pattern of our brain, every time that the default mode network is interrupted, there is a softness that comes in. Like there's a softness to our spirit and to our heart and our essences that wants to come out and help hold experiences for us. Like Once a default mode network is interrupted, all the things that you care about, all the things that you want to be upset about, all the ways in which you're judging other people, even the ways in which you're judging yourself, go down significantly. And all that's left is love once we step out of those stories. So these medicines can be a huge boost for that. And what came through this time was actually... A very balanced combination of that feminine and masculine energy, which was a lot of softness and appreciation for my body and for the land and for the people in my life and just all humans, but also a certain amount of mental discipline where I just, the message and and just the teaching and the energy of it was like, nope, 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 nope. You know, every time my mind wanted to go into this space of like, meh, like, Everybody is so kind, and you know, there's so much suffering, or whatever.
1: Yeah, with those with those shrooms, and with just plant medicine. I, well, not all of it. I would say maybe mushrooms the most. Yeah, it likes for you. It like makes you want to like become like a pile of goop. Where a like pile of goop. Just like human kindness is almost too much to bear. Yeah, or like you almost feel like the the empathy that you feel for the people in your life that you love. You're like, oh my God, like you just, it's, it can like, it's almost like such deep love that it can slowly go into a sadness.
0: Into a sadness. Yeah. yeah. And if you can find your way around that, that's where the a lot of power comes in. Yeah. I mean, you can let yourself go there. its It's going to be different for everybody every time, but it does take some level of consciousness to navigate that. So that's why like when people are going to do these medicines, there's a lot of preparation work and then there's integration work. But I remember one time, I don't know, when you and I did them together.
1: Oh, yeah. That one time. That was my first time ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens in the future when our spirits um, get together in that again. That'll be interesting after everything that's taken place. But you and I had done them and I saw a piece of mail that said my mom had donated money to a dog. (laughs) From like the ASPCA.
1: Yeah. Were you, were you with me? In the arms of an angel. If you ever see those commercials online on TV, that's what the, the Sarah McGloff, whatever her last name is song goes on. And then they like show, it's actually sad. And they show animals like being alone and just, Anyway, my mom, is. (laughs) I know I'm like out here. That's how it goes. (laughs)
0: That's how it goes. And so I saw she had donated money and I just I crumbled on my knees. (laughs) (laughs) So much kindness.
1: My mom is an angel.
0: Yeah, but I just felt those mountains. To me, the mountains in Colorado feel masculine. They feel pretty masculine. I'm at, the, you know, to the point that I'm like, this isn't just, this isn't Mother Earth. This is Mother Father Earth. This is both things. I think we've been kind of leaving out the masculine energy from the conversation of the land. And I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. The land was very clear, like very powerful, very strong, very much sending me messages of like, uh uh-uh. uh, get it together, pull up your bootstraps. Like, there's no time to wallow in anything. I don't have time for you to wallow in anything. Like every time that something doesn't go in the exact way that your mind thinks it needs to go quick shift, quick shift over to solution. You feel it, you acknowledge it, but don't get stuck in the energy of feeling it and acknowledging it. I think it's, you know, in that conversation of you got to feel it to heal it. Yes. You have to feel it to heal it, but there's definitely a a trap of people getting stuck in the feeling it. Yeah. And, and, and okay. Yeah. Sit with it. But like, doesn't mean sit in it it means become aware of it and hold space for it
1: yes that's why we have to be a little bit careful with the healing journeys that like are you always healing you know make sure that there's time for well like for the joy and for like get out of of the of the scars of it
0: yeah like sometimes you just got to watch grace and frankie and you know and go dance some reggae and live life you got to hold space for it but but then we need to shift. We need to move towards the solution. We need to move towards the actions. And that's something I definitely feel when I'm up there because it's a ton of hikes. It's a ton of movement. It's a ton of your body being challenged. It's different than when you're, when I'm by the ocean, I'm become a group of feminine energy where I just like lay there and like, ah, like caressed by the wind and wrap me with your love son. Yeah. And I could like, not do anything for the next 20 years you know (laughs) yeah when I'm in the mountains my body is like all right we're doing this like we're jumping over this rock We're oh that's so
1: interesting
0: Uh uh-huh yeah we're climbing this hill we're we're you know on this terrain I mean when we're climbing those sand dunes every step you take you take another step back because you sink back in so you got to get fully into your muscles you got to get fully into your strength so there's a lot of masculine energy in those mountains where like they command respect and you can feel that. I think Stephanie says it and I feel it a hundred percent too, that the people in Colorado are so nice. I think Stephanie, when she first moved there from Atlanta, she was just like, what do these people want from me? <laughs> 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 Cause Atlanta is so rough around the edges. Uh, you Imagine New
1: Yorkers going to Colorado. Yeah.
0: They'd be like the fuck, why are you holding this door for me? What do you want? <laughs> trying to steal my money everyone is so nice like when I got to the to this station after I got off the train this girl like stood there an extra 30 seconds holding the door open for me I'm like who are you girl and then I went to go (laughs) who are you girl (laughs) and then I went to go get on the train and I went I was about to go buy a ticket for the train and the conductor comes out and it's like somebody donated 10 tickets for the train pass on the kindness and I'm like that was like how Colorado greeted me. I did everything was just being like delivered and taken care of for me. And I'm just like, Oh, you be careful. That's what happened to me in LA. I, know. I was thinking <laughs> about that. Whoa. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Colorado loves me and I love Colorado, but I'm being asked to stay in Atlanta a little longer. We'll see. And, but it commands respect when you're driving, you have to be alert. You're going up and down mountains you you have to be on it like this isn't it's it's actually kind of could be life or death (laughs) (laughs) literally literally those mountains are not playing and so it constantly reminds you that you are just a little human and give respect where respect is due like the land out there is constantly saying like i'm actually in charge here I'm just letting you walk upon my land and I love you and I'm going to take care of you, but respect me back and take care of me back. And I definitely felt that. And it was this level of like responsibility that the mountains were teaching me and showing me saying, you've just got to focus and we have we have to help heal each other and we have to stay conscious and we're all in this together and this is a group effort and everything that one person does affects everybody else and so what became very clear to me on a different level during this journey was that we don't do this healing thing just for ourselves which can be so that's also a trap I think when people, it's very calm. It's very tempting when you're on this healing journey to get very hyper focused on what makes you comfortable. What do you want? What is exactly all the things that are just going to make you the happiest, you know? And that's when the spiritual bypass thing can happen. And just what's the joy that I can experience? And yes, all that is beautiful, but it, I believe, and definitely after this journey that it has to be balanced out with in many ways. I'm doing this for my people. Yes. I'm doing it for me for sure, but I'm also, I'm doing it for my people. Like let me be one less human on this earth that is hurting my family, that is hurting my friends, that is hurting the people that choose to go into business with me, that is hurting the people that I interact with on the street. Let me be one more human that. Is showing up with courage, showing up with kindness, showing up with self-responsibility, and just taking responsibility for this life journey. It's the same thing as not littering. It's what became very clear for me. It's, you know, we talk about taking care of the land, we talk about going green. I that also needs to be matched with emotional self-responsibility. And not just focusing on doing things because you like them and you want to have fun and this is pleasurable for you. Yes, there is medicine and pleasure for sure. Like we were saying, we have to let ourselves experience that. But it's also about taking care of each other and taking care of the land. And the moment that those messages came through, it's like that cuts out victim mentality in half a second flat (laughs) because it's like, okay, cool, you're frustrated and Like, what are you going to do with this? How are you going to shift this? How are you going to alchemize it to make a more beautiful world, to move towards a vision of yourself and your life that is inclusive of other people's lives improving because they came into contact with you? And if we're all able to do that and we all commit to that and we all take responsibility for that, this life journey could be very, very different. Imagine if we're all taking care of each other. How beautiful is that? So, yeah, that's what I came back with. Social responsibility as an antidote to victim mentality.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Social responsibility and and self-responsibility.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, to me, the way I see it now is like social responsibility is self-responsibility.
1: Yeah. When you're
0: being self-responsible, that's 100% being socially responsible. Because I'm out here. If I'm out here like screaming at everybody, they're having to hold that that's not fair, right? Or wanting to put other people down, like, because I'm not looking at these old patterns that have been passed on through generations and purging them. So now I'm, I, now you have to hold it with me. Like, that's not fair. And it takes a certain amount of like cutting through the addiction that we have to staying in these patterns that are comfort zones, even though they're toxic.
1: Yeah, and what we realize more, the more self-responsible we become, we realize how when we act out and let our emotions spill out onto other people that it's really, it's like very painful to hold on to that. It is very painful to get like toxically angry at someone. You're not teaching them a lesson. You know, I think at first we can be seduced by the idea of like, okay, you're going to get what you deserve. And like, you need to know how you, you know, you need to feel how I feel inside and so you learn your lesson and you very quickly realize the and it's almost like the eating healthy thing right so when you eat the, if you're very if you're healthy for a long time and then you eat the donut you feel in your body like ooh that's not what it used to be mm-hmm. it's the same thing with social responsibility the more responsibility like radical responsibility that you take for yourself and then there's a time where you may slip up, you realize how painful that is. Like, I do not want to be a part of someone who is spreading that level of anger because I feel that it's toxicity in my own body,
0: yeah. Once you react in that way, it perpetuates the amount of time that it spends in your energy field. It's true. You can either choose to let it go, and it requires it's like honestly, and this is a metaphor I, I've been using a lot, but, Breaking through these patterns and integrating these insights can be like quitting smoking. Although those cigarettes are killing you, they feel good. And in that moment of release, there's a certain surge of feel-good pleasures that happen. But then you need it again. And so the moment that you're going to break through a pattern, that one moment where you would have screamed, that one moment where you would have stayed in that energy of frustration— That one moment that you decide to choose differently, although your whole programming is telling you to go in that direction, that's a moment that you cross that threshold and your brain learns something new and your emotional system learns something new. But you have to increase your tolerance for discomfort and then it gets more and more comfortable to do that other thing. But it's not just like, oh, it's just going to feel like, okay, I'm just going to shift. No, we're not just going to shift over that quickly i mean you may but chances are that there's your whole body you know the human organism is intelligent it's used to its patterns it picks up on ways to be efficient and ways to judge the world that are efficient so it has its way of functioning so there's a level of consciousness and determination to not hurt the your brothers and sisters on this planet to be like all right i'm gonna breathe through this urge to go in that direction With kindness, I can let that part of me know like, hey, I love you. I know that this is what used to make you feel safe. But I'm going to show you something different. And I'm going to show you that there's a different way to do this. And you're going to learn to trust me. The more that we practice this, it's just going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first. So that's a conscious, intentional way of m- navigating that aspect of yourself rather than saying like white knuckling it and I'm not uh, I'm just not I'm going to ignore that because that's not a way to do it either. Then it comes back with inventions. If you can hold it, that's the fam- that's the uh, feminine masculine balance right there with shifting patterns. I'm going to consciously, compassionately communicate and hold space for this old energy, this energy that wants to go down that path. But then I'm going to use the discipline. To shift over, so it's not just all discipline and white knuckling and ignoring that part of you that learned to feel safe in those patterns, because that can cause those parts are defense mechanisms, And they learned to do that because they didn't feel safe. So the last thing you want to do is have that aspect of yourself feel abandoned in that moment. You let it know that you're with it, and then you buckle up and you shift over. And you do that enough times and it starts to feel more natural. And that's the integration process, right? Like when when we take these medicines, those insights just flood through. The plants are showing us. We don't have to work for it. But then once you've been shown, it's your response. It's our responsibility to keep going back there.
1: That's so real. That's I had that exact dialogue within myself too. That I would always pull on when trying to help myself switch out of old habits that you just said, and it really, really does work. I would you know, be triggered by something or want to go into an old pattern. And I w- would have to conscious, like super uncomfortable because you're fighting against something that is just ingrained in you. You have to be super conscious. And, then, and I would speak to myself and be like, Valentina, I know this used to help you at one point, but I don't think it's helping you anymore. So trust me for a minute. Trust me on this one. Let's switch it. Let's switch it up. Like, let's do something different or whatever. And, and if this doesn't work, then we can always go back. I would tell myself that if this doesn't work, then we could always go back. And that helped a lot with my anxiety with managing my anxiety.
0: Yeah. That's smart. You know, because you know, you're like, not going to hey, go
1: back to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about treating yourself in that way that it doesn't feel as high stakes. Right. And that was
1: an yeah. option, even though I knew I'm like I'm probably not going to go back if this actually ends up feeling good. I'm like I, you do give yourself that a lot of grace. I think something that we lack with in in our society is giving ourselves grace. I think sometimes we can like spoil ourselves. You know what I mean with not not being conscious. But grace is when we're just more conscious of being soft with ourselves.
0: Hmm. Yeah but still responsible.
1: But still responsible. It's so funny when you were speaking about your trip, it reminded me a little bit of my San Pedro trip because we were in the mountains when we did ours as well. And the first insights that started coming up for me, they were all around community and how this is so much bigger than just me. And it's really easy to get lost in my own reality and how much peace and space and quiet and stillness I need. But what about my friend who's sitting right next to me? I wonder what he's going through and what his reality looks like, because all of our realities are real. All we share some pieces of our realities to make the world that we live in, but we all have our own individual realities So to remember that we have no idea what the person next to us is experiencing and going through. So as much space as we want to hold for ourselves, also remember that there's like this beautiful sensitive being right next to me that is also seeking the same thing I'm seeking maybe in a different way, but that ultimate peace. So how can we contribute to each other's peace? And how can we just give each other love while we're doing it, you know, for ourselves and for each other while we're on the journey?
0: A hundred percent. That's the middle ground. That's the middle ground. You know, that's what I love about the whole being able to talk about this from the paradigm of masculine and feminine energies because it takes away the stigma. You know, obviously, if if I'm talking about narcissistic personality disorder, that sounds super heavy. Just because the Western model diagnoses, like they sound heavy. There's many times where I'm like putting in a diagnosis for a client. I'm just like, oh, where is can I just type in? unhealthy boundaries.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. You have to go to the extreme.
0: Right. Can I just type in unhealthy boundaries? Can I just type in lack of self-confidence? Like it doesn't, it's not necessarily a disorder. It's not that black and white. And like, I know it isn't because I used to be on 300, almost 300 milligrams of Effexor for quote unquote depression.
1: And just to give people like a reference that that, that's a lot. I don't know because maybe people who don't take I was on it too. And for me, 75 was a lot.
0: It's a lot. It's a very powerful um, SS. I think it's SS, SNRI. I don't know, guys. I, it's a very, you know, not a psychiatrist, one. but it's a very powerful and your body gets physically addicted. If you take it down a level, you start getting Vertigo. You start getting dizzy. The ground starts moving. Your my brain zapped. So
1: my brain zapped. It,
0: it's been an entire journey to get off of that, and it it's quote unquote a disorder. Like no, it's not. No, it's not. The mo- if I can if I can release these energies of the wounded feminine, do you know how much depression goes away with that? So it's not just chemical. The chemicals are responding to what we're believing and what belief systems we're espousing and practicing on a daily basis. The chemicals will match that. But we have more power over what the chemicals are doing than we think we do. Especially, I would say especially when it comes to anxiety and depression. When we get into schizophrenia, that's outside of my realm of expertise, so I can't speak to it as much. But even that, if we look at shamanic cultures... And ancient, just ancient human cultures that were around way longer before our civilization was, people that had a tendency towards schizophrenia were just seen as people that could open different dimensions. Yes. And so then they were guided safely through that and they were guided peacefully through that. And the community would group around them when they would have their first quote unquote psychotic break, which is just the terminology we have for it. You know, in Western society, but I think that's what in spiritual and in psychedelic communities now is being referred to as um, maybe experiences of spiritual emergence. Um, You know, spiritual emergence or spiritual emergency. So this is where the balance is. Of it can help to be equipped with both paradigms of the Western model and the ancient models. Like, okay, we've advanced to where we are for a reason, but let's not forget where we came from. Let's try to find a balance. That's like the theme of everything, right? try to find a balance. But I mean, there has been, there have been models of clinics. I forgot where this clinic was, but that have been very successful in getting people through their quote unquote first psychotic break. Because instead, if when someone starts experiencing that, instead of everybody around them panicking, which is like not what you want to do. If you're in that moment of openness and the whole Community around you, it starts calling you crazy and starts freaking out and starts stigmatizing you. Like that is, you have just confirmed that this person is going to have a really hard time integrating what just happened, and they're going to believe that they're crazy because there's so much openness. And you know, versus these clinics that were like nonprofit. I don't know. If they've there's still got to be some around that would guide like it was like crazy like 80% of people would come out perfectly fine and reintroduce into society after that with like being able to integrate what just happened to them in a non-stigmatizing way and you bring in new insights
1: yeah you should start one (laughs) you really should you because you are so rooted in the this world, the Western world, like you're very versed in that and you're comfortable in that and you can speak that language. And also you have, I truly do believe that in your past life, you were a medicine woman, like a shaman woman. I see it very clearly. And you are in this life. You're just a modern medicine woman. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to my experience too. When I started having moments where I explained it earlier in some podcasts where it felt like I was like timeline jumping in my sober waking state at 1 p.m. in the afternoon while, you know, on nothing. And it felt like dimensions were... Opening I up. Dimensions were opening up. I wasn't entirely... Sh- there was one point where I knew I was in California, but that's as much as I knew. I had no idea. Like if I got in my car, I wouldn't know where to drive. I it was like I don't even know if I would know how to drive if I got in my car. It just, I was very... Something happened where... It felt like, and then I was experiencing as well, different people were like, um, how can you even explain it? It's not anything physical, but I was existing in multiple spaces at one time. So I didn't know who belonged to what dimension. I didn't know who belonged to the current one that my feet were on. It was, I mean, super disorienting. And it was one of the first times that that happened to me. And I remember I called you and you were like, no, there's a whole study around this. Is it a psychotic break or is it spiritual emergence? Because a part of me was like, what is going I, I mean, you can't even explain that. Yeah. I'm sure hearing it, you guys are like, what do you, how can you? It's hard to even imagine if you haven't gone through it. And also hearing that, I would imagine some people would be like, she sounds a little, a little cuckoo, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Where my belief system is, I, don't believe that it was anything psychotic. I believe that it was very much that I'm a very, very open channel and an open human. So more was able to come to me. But imagine if I
0: went to the doctor and I said that, could you imagine? And they were like, oh, we need to put you on mood stabilizers right away. We need to start numbing you down. We need to start controlling what is happening in your psyche and pushing it down. You don't get an opportunity to integrate it. It's a different, this isn't a one size fits all for anybody. That's why hopefully you have somebody that's versed in both worlds if you're going through this, because, you know, as we speak to your experience, can't say that that's the exact, you know, and I, I'm so hesitant to call anything. Exactly. I'm so hesitant to call anything a psychotic break because that's a new, that's, that's a terminology that only belongs to the Western world. Like that didn't really exist. You know, that was – it was different. So why do we get to decide that it's taboo? But but you do want to be careful and you want to ideally have somebody that's versed in both conversations.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because it's a gift. I see that as a gift for myself. After – I mean, when it first happened to me, it would give me like a lot of anxiety because I had no idea what was going on and it was very disorienting and dysregulating. And I learned – Luckily I had enough practice with breath work and enough practice with grounding myself that I knew how I had tools to re-regulate my nervous system as this was happening. And I had enough practice in surrendering and living in uncertainty. And I just continued to, you know, when moments that extreme happen, you, you kind of have two options to either succumb to it or really match it with the level of surrender Mm -hmm. And I, my surrender even strengthened at that time. And it continued to strengthen in the times that that would happen again, where at first it was, oh my God, so much anxiety. And then after it happened over time, it was just like, I was able to exist with it and I fully integrated it in my waking life. And I saw that as it started creating deeper openings within me to access deeper guidance,
0: deeper. Yeah. For the sessions that you guide people through
1: for the sessions I guide people through, but for myself as well. When I, what I said this morning, you know, in my meditation, when I'm not just like blind, you know, when I say guides, please take this suffering from me, or please take this hopelessness from me because I cannot carry it by myself. That's not me just like maybe shouting it into emptiness. I'm very serious. I'm like, Hey, like calling you forward, this is something that's happening in my human experience that it is a little too heavy for me to hold right now. I, and I want to remain open for existence. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's going to start clouding my ability to move forward if I hold on to it all by myself. So please take it. Just the, the my, my, and, and, and it works. It works. And I, cause I fully trust it, you know, whether I am making it up or whether I'm
0: not, you, it's, it works. Yeah, that connection and became very tangible for you.
1: Very, 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 very tangible for me. And and now I feel like I moved through life with such a level of trust, unwavering trust. And could you imagine if in those times I was an, an – it I could have gone the complete opposite if I had gone to someone who just did not understand that.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: like it could be such a blessing.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. So I can't just – You know, I mean, the psychedelic revolution is underway. All this research is happening. Clinics are cropping up. Ketamine kind of leading the way with that for a reason. There's a lot more potential for us to heal. You know, for a moment there, we really bought into, oh, you're diagnosed with depression. It's a chemical disorder that just runs in your family. And this is something you're going to have for life. I'm evidence that that's not true.
1: I'm evidence that that's not true.
0: You're ev- and and it does quote unquote run in our family, and there have been generations of people struggling with so many things. But with a certain level of self responsibility, focus, nervous system integration, learning to surround yourself. I mean, it's such a journey, but it's not that. It's not that that reductionistic model of like it's only your genetics. Not true. And we say that on this podcast all the time. But these healing experiences that we have, have very much shown that to me.
1: Yeah, it is, it's evidence and it's such a journey. It's such a journey because the more you jump into the healing journey, the more you learn, the more you go into it with an open heart, you start realizing, I mean, people like, you'll hear someone like us talking about how, hey, maybe it's not genetics, maybe you just need to shift your environment. Maybe you just, you know, it's different, different tools that you accumulate, different awarenesses that you accumulate.
0: It's not a one size fits all model. No, you know, and that's like, I've had the privilege in a way to work with quite a few nurses in my practice here in Atlanta, just because, I mean, we're in Atlanta, like Emery's here. It just, it's, I've gotten, I've been getting a low key concentration on how the medical system is functioning from, from the inside. And one of the big things that, comes out of these conversations is that the western medical model has become so corporate in a way so wanting to just such a machine that it started feeding the whole population this narrative of it's a one-size-fits-all model Mm -hmm. like oh you have these symptoms this is the pill but like absolutely not this is not a one-size-fits-all model None of this is. Absolutely none of it is. You hear our experiences, you hear the words that we're telling you. Filter it through the lens of your own truth. See how it resonates within your body because you can't just even, you know, you can't take for ex- if you're tuning into this podcast, you can't take the words that me and Valentina are saying as gospel. You take this information, but also go get information somewhere else. And take it through the lens of your own truth, the lens of your own experiences, the length of the lens of your own biological makeup how your body responds to things. Just it's everybody is a whole universe onto themselves. That's it's- why I med-
1: practices like breath work and meditation and the ones that get you really still and really quiet. They're also extremely important because as much and as much as you are going out and getting information from the outside world, it's just as important to tune into what your own body is saying, your body is so wise. Our bodies always want to speak to us and they're always here guiding us. We just have to get still enough and quiet enough to tap back in. Some of my biggest 100%. lessons have come from my, my practices, not yeah. from reading anything, not from being told anything, but from tapping in and tapping into the internal guidance system that I have in hearing direct communication of what I need to do.
0: That's why I started referring so many people to you, <laughs> you know, I because, love it. because it's like, oh, no, no. like we're going to work. We're going to do like the mental surgery. We're going to talk about the belief systems. We're going to unpack all of it. We're going to go back, reorient the traumas. We're going to do all that. But I need you to have some skills for sitting in your body. You have to like all of this cognitive to. behavioral work and even trance work that we do. If you can match that up with knowing how to be in your body. And regulate your nervous system, that's a much more well-rounded treatment than just let's just talk about it, you know. So, like, the more people that are getting into embodiment practices, that's how you turbocharge your therapeutic experience. Because I can have all the knowledge of attachment and and understand my own traumas even and and having having had revisited them through hypnotherapy in very real ways that, like, definitely – gave me a step up on this journey. But if I can't, when I'm experiencing the trigger, if I can't sit there and breathe into my body and hold space for that discomfort so I can shift the pattern over, it's just not the the path of least resistance is going to be knowing how to sit in my body while I'm making this cognitive behavioral change for myself. Requires all of it.
1: It requires so much because so much of what we're storing in our bodies is kind of like what you referenced in the beginning, Paula. This goes beyond just you. Like we're storing trauma in our bodies that is generational. It's ancestral. We're also storing traumas in our bodies that we experienced when we were in our mother's womb, when we were one, two, three, four, that we cannot consciously recall. So in order to, and it sounds so simple, yeah, learn how to get back in your body. What does that really mean? But until you start actually doing it and then see, feel the actual releases that are happening and see the difference it makes when you move through life in a very embodied way, in a way that you are in your body and you are grounded here, it just changes the game, it cha- I cannot explain to people, like I almost want to out myself and just put all my diary entries from years ago out into the world so you can see how different I used to be. I used to write so many notes, um, my journal entries in my, the notes app. And I have them from like years and years ago. It's kind of cool. And sometimes they'll pop up when I'll do like a word search for one word to find a note. And then like one from 2016 comes up and it's like, Oh my god, I just sounded miserable. I sounded like I was in a dark box and I didn't know up from down, side from the other side. I didn't feel any hope was going to come. I was stuck. Everything would give me anxiety. I had a journal entry that literally was like, "Why is it so necessary for me to be to to have these super super predictable routines if not I will literally have anxiety attacks." Why do I have to start my morning every single, you know, every morning the same? Why do I have to? It was like all these different controlling mechanisms in order to regulate my anxiety. And it's funny because I I just wanted to process through everything logically and figure out how I could get better and make sense of things. But it wasn't until I fully got back in my body that it was like, oh, this goes so much more beyond words.
0: For sure. I mean, dude, I think back to this conversation we just had about the avoidant tendencies. You know, now that I'm act- now that I'm actively conscious and actively just sitting with that stuff and not not turning to that thing that would have been my cigarette in the past. I really, when you start sitting with it, I was like, oh, my God, Jesus, I had no tolerance for discomfort in relationship. I had none. I did not realize how little tolerance I had. I just because I trained my cognitive defense mechanism was like, Person sucks, you know, they're beneath me or whatever it is. I'm running, I'm changing my phone, I'm blocking you, whatever it is, you know. But now that I'm actually sitting with it, it's like, oh no. No, no, no. Like everyone is human, no one is showing up perfectly. I had no tolerance for sitting with that discomfort in my body and coming up with things I didn't like about them and reasons why I everybody I needed to like slash people out of my life left and right was my own ego defense for getting rid of that discomfort as soon as possible. But now that I can hold it, I can get to the other side and I can keep all these beautiful humans in my life, you know, which is so worth it. It's so worth it. We're all showing up very imperfectly.
1: I have clients, it's so funny, who are like, oh yeah, I see your sister for therapy and I see you for breath work and I listen to the podcast. I'm like, clearly the retreat is just the next step. Like, welcome to the Sinistera family. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's just, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. I know. It's so cool
0: because- We're becoming a little therapeutic team.
1: We are, and we I love just to sing some praise for who you and me are is that we're very, very open humans who, in the past, I've seen psychologists, I've seen you know doctors who are just very they white knuckle their way through healing. and there's only, you know, they're not aware of these ancient practices and these softer ways to treat yourself and the the practices that are more injected with love. And, you know, I'm just so happy that we get to speak to our clients in ways that don't, that involve more than just one way of looking at healing. We bring in, like you said, like you go, there's still tribes who when someone is depressed in the tribe, they come together and they figure out what's going on as a whole that is making this one person absorb the depression and how can they all get better together.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful yeah what a journey
1: what a journey love you guys if you guys see me for breath work or paula for therapy if you listen to this podcast we love you keep healing with us keep doing this journey with us we're we're at one point going to do a pretty mental retreat we were talking about it not too long ago and it just sounds like the best next step we don't know what it's going to look like but it's going to be in nature and it's going to be really really beautiful
0: yeah, the seed is definitely germinating or cultivating.
1: Yeah. We shall see. You know what I did before I got we got on the podcast? My phone, I don't know if yours does this, but it shows me pictures from the past. Like, you know, if you scroll all the way to the left, it'll show up past pictures. Yeah. And sometimes it'll make a movie out of them. Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah, super and cool. And I've never actually clicked on it. And I clicked on it this morning before we got on and I almost started crying. I'm like, what is this shit? (laughs) It literally, I couldn't, it just kind of blows my mind how they weave it together. I feel like there's an actual human behind this because there was emotional music and then it started in a really perfect way and then the transitions and then it pulled memories from like me and my past relationships and like literally there was one video of like me like laughing with an ex, and then together at the beach, and then I'm like, N- "This it's like nine a.m. This is a lot." <laughs> <laughs> and then it like recounted my my life over the years, but it was the whole theme of it. Literally, had a theme was beach days. I did not write that; it created it, and it was me in different beaches with different people in the past like five years, and then it ended literally with me and the dogs that I was taking care of here when I first started my trip to LA and then like on a sunset in slow motion. I'm like, who, what, this is a lot.
0: Dude, it's wild. Who Life creates is a dream. that stuff? I don't who know, but I, that? I've i gotten some, um, that's my question for the pattern too. Side note. Oh no, 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 no. We're no. not going to get into that, but yeah, dude, those videos are crazy. I've definitely, my it showed me recently my feline friends over the, the years. It's funny for you. It's beach days. Mine are like, here's the collection of cat friends. <laughs>
1: and then it probably puts sad music in the background or just emotional. It's not sad, but it's emotional.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. This life is like a dream. I think we have more access to that reality than ever before because of how much we document our lives.
1: Yeah, I think about that. If I were to ever have kids, you know, with my mom, I'm like, we have to go into boxes and pull out pictures. I'm like, here's my at handle at Valentina <laughs> Go stalk me. Child. Dude, I
0: think I, in, I, I saw in Japan, they're starting to put Japan or another Asian country. I, I think it was Japan. They're starting to put QR codes on people's graves. So you can see a highlight reel of somebody. The highlight oh. reel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck oh that's a lot dude we are living in the future
1: it's so funny because there's just such a shift in our our world is going two ways it feels like either super super futuristic or people literally going off grid and going back to how we used to live
0: Mm -hmm. it's very interesting i know i'd like to find a balance between the two
1: yeah, I'll be going to Costa Rica in a few weeks for uh, a month. No. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> What's I about know. to happen? I'm pretty mental, fam. Stay tuned. Season four. Sooner than you thought. Oh, um, my
0: God. That's for longer. Or
1: longer. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go live off grid.
0: Uh, how, how do we so get you- to you? <laughs>
1: So you and me are, well, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, there's cafes, there's one road where I'm going to stay in the part of um, the Caribbean where it's one road, literally. So it's a very small area, but there's cafes once you go into town. So I'm going to be on the, obviously, you know, I'm still going to work. But you and me, hello, Paula, breaking news to you, because <laughs> I, have, I haven't told you, but we're just going to have to stack up on some podcasts because I don't think I'm going to be able to record there. I know. We'll figure it out, you guys. Don't worry. But yeah, I mean, more. it's going to be really exciting. I'll bring more experiences to you. I'll bring more, you know, what yeah. it's like to live off grid, no Wi-Fi, no nothing.
0: Oh, my God. I could see how that could get addicting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, I'm really excited. God. What's about to happen? Um, it's gonna be. We'll see because you know I do love this the city style stuff, but you because of just my temperament and how just healthy I am and how I like very like low stimulus environments. Who knows? We'll see how my spirit reacts to it. Yeah, but I very much do like a balance. As well. So we'll see.
0: Very curious. We'll see. I know. (laughs) We'll see how this plays out. We'll see what this brings. All right.
1: I know. You guys are along for the journey. Stay tuned. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Come engage with us on Instagram at Pretty Mental Official. Los queremos mucho.
0: Los queremos mucho. Remember, All parts of you are welcome here.
1: And tune in for our next episode, Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. Love you guys.
0: Peace out.